Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to go to Philippians chapter 3, verses starting with verse 13. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for the ministry in the word. Lord, that you're moving in this place, that you're transforming us. Lord, we declare, let your word change us. Do in us, Lord. Operate on us. Let the word of God have free course in each one of our lives tonight, Lord. We thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for this word that you've given us, Lord. Let it alter. Let it change our hearts and minds, Lord, to be conformed to the image of Christ. We love you, Lord. We praise you tonight. We worship you in Jesus' mighty name. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 3, starting with verse 13, Paul said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Say one thing. This sounds important. He specified this one thing I do. So important. He said, I haven't yet attained or I haven't apprehended everything that I'd like to, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. As Brother Kali testified, you had to forget some things. You had to leave some things behind to press forth to the things that are set before you. Amen. He said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I want to minister. It's an interesting thing. It's a, uh, the antithesis of one another. And it's this word, the power to remember and the power to forget. And I, th I had the thought, with, with Paul speaking here, forgetting those things that are behind me. The power to remember and the power to forget. You know, I know in the, in the book of Revelation, the last chapter, the Bible says he'll wipe away every tear, that they'll remember no more. There was sorrow in heaven about the space of a half an hour. But after that, there will be no more tears. There will be no more remembrance of every pain, of every hurt, of every disappointment, of every disillusion. It will all be wiped away in a moment. There's a power to forget that only God can bring into our lives. And I believe if God has it, because the Bible says clearly, I'll, I'll cast your, sea, your sins into the sea of forgetfulness. So many times we think of, I, I remember a preacher telling the story that he went and st had a vision, stood before the Lord, and he said the presence of God was so strong and his holiness and the glory of God that he just fell at his feet and he just said, I began to repent. And I began to just confess, Lord, I'm, I'm so sorry, forgive me. And he said, that's all I wanted to do because I felt the presence of God. He was so holy. And he said, as I began to say these things, the Lord looked at him kind of strangely. And he told him, he said, I don't know what you're talking about. I thought, man, you're talking about the power of forgiveness. That when it's under the blood, hallelujah, the blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. The Bible calls it the fuller's soap or the refiner's fire. Hallelujah. That it cleanses us. That everything, every sin you've ever committed. You know, I, people preach this and I don't believe it. I, I don't believe it. The Bible's not, uh, the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ, right? 
People will say one day you'll get to heaven. They're going to play everything you've ever done in your whole life. I don't believe that. Because if he's forgotten it, then why would he have a video recorder in heaven that's going to play it on, on whatever flat screen or 4K or 8K, whatever, whatever they've got up there? I don't think it's going to happen. Because he's forgotten about it. He's cast it in the sea of, and, it, and why, why do I say it? Because he said, never to re be remembered against me anymore. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. And there's a reason why I'm ministering this way. Partly, if it's no, not for anybody in the house, it's for me. I, I got blessed in this. And thank God for uh, the, the power of forgiveness, the power of forget, forgetting those things that are behind us, and the power to remember. Go to Hebrews chapter 8. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 8. We're going to start with verse 8. Hallelujah. Say a better covenant. Hallelujah. That's what the book of Hebrews, that's the theme of the book of Hebrews is a better covenant. Verse 8 says, In finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with the, their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. In that he saith a new covenant, he hath made the first old, now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. We live in a society right now where everyone wants to bring up the past. We, we, we live in, in a situation where people want, want uh, reparation for how their relatives got treated. And, and we just preached on a fence not too long ago. Spent a whole, uh, over a month talking about that. But the Bible says in the last days, many will be offended. And the worst thing in the world is, is for your past to be speaking into your future. I want you to get this tonight. Because this is at the tool of the enemy. The enemy will try to get you to always remember. My wife spoke something to me several years ago now. And it was at a time where I just couldn't understand a few things. And I was praying through. You know, of course, I wasn't, you know, blabbing and gabbing it to everybody, but I was believing God for just some answers, and I, I didn't get the answer. I didn't get clarification about why this, Lord, and how come, and I don't understand. And my wife said something to me. I've got a good wife, amen? She's beautiful, and she's holy. But I, she said to me, she said, stop sifting through the garbage. And I thought, okay, does that mean I need to take the trash out? Or I don't have to take it out anymore. No, what she was trying to tell me was stop going back. The Bible says he that putteth his hand to the plow and looketh back is not fit for the kingdom. And what will happen many times, the enemy will get you stuck in yesterday. 
You know, yesterday has no power over tomorrow. It can have influence if you allow it. But what the enemy would like to do is keep us bound in yesterday's problems, in yesterday's situations, in yesterday's sin. Well, remember what you did six months ago? What's he, the Bible says he's an accuser of the brethren. And I want to encourage you tonight, if you ever deal with that, that is never the Holy Spirit. He doesn't work that way. That's for free. The Holy Spirit works in conviction to bring you up higher. God always sees you at the, at the latter, not at the former. He calls those things that be not as though they already are. And through the power of the blood, he saw you. Sister Brenda, he saw you redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. He sees you in right standing with him. That's how the Lord sees each and every one of us. If I can't see myself like that, then I'm, I'm misrepresenting what God's done through his work of redemption in my life. And it's important because that's what the enemy tries to do. The yesterdays, forgetting those things that are behind us. Why is that? Because you can be a captive. You know, there's a little illustration of an elephant. And this elephant is weighed, I mean, he's got to be, I don't know, what's a wet elephant weigh, 10 tons? Big old elephant. And they got him with a little chair, and it looks like a little slinky tied around to his leg, and he won't go anywhere. It'd be like this little chair right here, and me have a little rope on it. And that powerful beast, with as big and as mighty as he was, he won't go anywhere because he remembers when he was just small. That thing held him captive. That chair was enough. It kept him from moving where he needed to go, and he was all he knew was that same thing that was, was bound on him is still bound on him. He had no idea of the power that was on the inside of him because he was a prisoner to his past. Isn't that amazing? And you see, it's, I've even watched him before with people. They'll go, they'll go buy a horse or something, and that horse is so trained to walk with a leash that the person will take and they'll just hold their hand there, and that horse will start going. They're not pulling. And you say, well, it's, it's, it's Animal Planet. I love Animal Planet, so you had to get a little bit of that in there. But no, what is that? It's, it's programmed memory. It's your past keeping you bound. It's causing you to stay in the place you were. Maybe it's, it's not even a, a bondage thing. Maybe it's a, a spiritual condition. Maybe in your walk with the Lord, you're stuck in 20 years ago and what the Lord used to do. He said, behold, I knew a, do a new thing. That's something the Lord's working on in my life because, you know, it's not going to look like Don Jersey thinks it's going to look. And I don't want to miss the next thing God has and what he's planning on doing in the earth. So guess what? I've got to leave the past to grasp a hold of the future. I can't live in the past. I, well, the way it used to be. That's not how we used to do it. That's when people get stuck in their ways. And even in a, in a, in a positive connotation, you can be bound by yesterday. You can be bound by the, I, I said this, write this down. Our past is either a bridge or a barrier. That's why I have these two together. I thought, because I was like, well, Lord, which way do you go? Well, it's both of them. Because it's the power to remember even. Not just forgetting those things, but there's also the power. What do I need to remember? Go to Philippians chapter 4. Those are the main two books we're going to be in. 
Philippians chapter 4. We'll start there with verse 8. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. The Bible says to cast down every thought, every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ, right? That's the things we forget. That's the things we need to cast off. But there's also some memorials in our lives. There's a moment. The Bible talks about in the book of Revelation about the church that said, I have somewhat against you because you left your first love. He said, remember from where you're fallen. Maybe there was a time in your life where you were, you were more engaged in the word of God and the cares of this world. Your job, business, life has just gotten so busy. You're thinking, I don't need, read my Bible near as much as I used to. I don't pray like I used to pray. I'm not going after God. Man, I used to be so hungry for God. That's all I wanted was the Lord. I talked Jesus. I slept Jesus. I sang Jesus. I, was, I sang in the shower to Jesus. To Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It was just Jesus all the time. I was a Jesus freak. Now I'm feeling like a Jesus dud. Remember from where you're fallen. Go back. Where, where was that memorial that you made? If you study the Bible many times, Almost every time there was an encounter with the presence of God, there was a memorial made there. You know why? Because they didn't want to forget. They'd walk past that place, and they'd say, that's Jehovah Jireh. That's the place where the Lord provided. That was Bethel there. That's the place where God came down. Hallelujah. Amen. There were memorials that they made in, our, in, the, in their lives. And I think it's important. The memorials we make today are for the dead. You know, and I don't want to be mean, say let the dead bury the dead. But we're, we thank God for what the people of our past have sown into our lives. But, you know, I even thought about that. I thought, you know what? The people that are gone, all I think about, I don't think any, will, any ill will toward anybody. I don't think of that dirty, I'm glad he's gone. He was no good this. I'm not thinking that way. I'm thinking good things, thinking positive things. I'm thinking lovely things about them. Thank God. Thank God for what they were able to sow. If they, even if they pushed me and, and, and tried me and tested me, now I'm giving God glory. Thank you for those situations. Thank you that iron sharpens iron, Lord, that you're working character integrity in me. So God can even take the things of this world. I'm going to show you in a scripture here where God can take the, the hard times, the times where we don't understand it. But God, you gave me a dream. God, you showed me what I would be doing. And now I'm here. I'm not where I thought I would be. Let's look at this real quick. Go over to Genesis chapter 41. Hallelujah. And our, our theme for this year is what? Elevate. And who was the, the, the passage? You guys remember the scripture and who we were talking about? The life of Joseph, right? 
and how God elevated Joseph and how God brought him out of obscurity, out of a place, gave him a vision. He saw his brothers uh, bowing down and worshiping him and, and the and all the kingdoms of the world. He just he, he saw his platform elevated. Next thing he knows, he's where? He's in a pit. His brothers tell his father that he got killed by a wild beast, and then he's hauled off to Potiphar's house and then ends up in prison. But finally, he ends up in the place that God had for him. And I've often thought about what was Joseph's attitude. Because you can allow life to make you bitter, or you can allow life to make you better. Joseph didn't end up the way he was by accident. If Joseph, Joseph would have got mad and angry about his situation, he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't have been where he was, to, where, where God brought him to. He'd have never ended up there. But go over here to Genesis chapter 41. I love this. The power to forget. The Bible says in 51 that Joseph named the firstborn child Manasseh. For he said, God has made me to forget all my hardship and all my father's house. The second he named Ephraim. He had two children. For God has made me fruitful in the land of my misfortunes. Isn't that powerful? Nothing's by accident. One was named Manasseh. The other baby was named Ephraim. What does that speak? God will make you fruitful in forgetfulness. The Lord hath caused me to forget. And even in the midst of this, he didn't grow bitter. He didn't grow, uh, didn't grow angry. And the Lord blessed him and caused him to rise up. And because of that, when he stood before his brethren, I believe it without a, without a shadow of a doubt, that he wasn't looking and saying, you dirty dogs. I see you there. You, I see, you, you were the one that pushed me in there first. I mean, he could have easily taken all. He had command over the whole army. He could have easily said, you know what? Throw these men in the dungeon. Let, let them deal what I had to deal with. But there was no, there was no uh, anger. There was no resentment. There was no, uh, there was no anger. There was no hurt. There was no betrayal there because the Lord caused him to forget. He knew his hand was in the hand of God. Why am I saying this? Because we get trapped in our past. We get trapped in circumstances and situations. Sometimes it's things beyond our control. And a lot of people say, you ever hear this phrase? I'll forgive you, but I'm not going to forget. And we think that's spiritual. Just being real. There's nothing spiritual about that. Because if you withhold the very thing that God does in our lives for someone else. The Bible says, whosoever sins you remit, they are what? Remitted. In other words, I can, uh, Jesus said, is it easier to say, rise up and take thy bed and walk, or son, thy sins be forgiven thee? But to know that the Son of Man hath power on the earth, I say to thee, be forgiven, rise up and take your bed and walk. So we have the power to forgive. And guess what? It is forgetting. It's holding nothing against anyone. When you find that place, and you know where you find it at when you realize, because my, 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 my future is secure in him. I have an eternal hope in him. I've been washed by the blood of the lamb. He's redeemed me. And what God has done in my life, what is more, I, I look at me, not at someone else. 
And a God will give you compassion for this situations and things that you go to. Forget anything that speaks of the old life. That's the forgetting. But here's the other part. But build rem- memorials, memorials of God's encounters and his provision. Hallelujah. Forget everything that speaks of the old life. Why is that important? Paul said it there, forgetting those things that are behind me. Even successes and things you did could could be a hindering. Do you you reach a plateau or is there a new level in God that you've never been before? In order to lay hold of what I've never had before, I've got to let go of what what I possess now. Forsaking all. When Elisha went and threw, Elijah went and threw the mantle on Elisha, what happened? The Bible says he immediately went, killed the oxen, offered an offering, kissed his mom and dad on, and, and went on. He forsook. As I said a while ago, it says, He that putteth his hand to the plow and looketh back is not fit for the kingdom. The enemy will constantly have you looking in the past. Well, remember when. Remember when you did this. Remember when you missed this. Right? Because he doesn't, he's not looking. He knows what his future. If he looks forward in his future, he gets depressed and has to take some Xanax. Because he's not got a bright future. He's got a very dismal eternity. And he knows that. So what he wants to do is keep you stuck in your past. Stuck in defeat. Stuck in the place of, of, of wondering. The place of, of not knowing fully what the w- will of God is even for your life. And he can do that if you'll stay in that place. Our past, listen to this. Our past should only encourage our future. Don't get stuck in the past. Let your past encourage your future. How many ever had an encounter with God before? Life-changing, wasn't it? You'll never forget it. Let that motivate you into your future. Don't look for the old days, but look for God in the new days. Look, God, look for God in the new season. Remember where he brought you from. Remember, all the, remember what he told you. Remember what he spoke to you. Remember those things. But every failure... Every time you miss it, the Bible says a righteous man falleth seven times, but he gets back up again. I want to encourage you tonight with this message to move forward in faith. Press on. It's not over. Hallelujah. The best is yet to come. The Bible says the kingdom of God, it gets brighter and brighter. We go from victory to victory, from faith to faith. As long as you've got breath, check your neighbor, because if anybody's not breathing, we do no CPR. But if you've got breath in your lung tonight, you've got a future. You've got a destiny in God that's still yet to be fulfilled. You are here by divine design and by divine purpose. And the best is right in front of you. This isn't a motivational speak. It's the truth. The best is yet to come for you in your life. Amen? Hallelujah. Listen to this. I like this. The Holy Ghost gave me this one. Forgetting drains your past of its power over your future. I'll say that again for the hearing impaired. Forgetting drains your past of its power over your future. Pull the plug. 
How many like sitting around with an old dirty bath water? Pull the plug. Drain it. Has no power. Render everything that's not of God in your life, render it as dead, useless, ineffective. Hallelujah. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Hallelujah. Forgetting those things that are behind me. What are we doing? We're pressing toward the mark. I can't press if I'm stuck in the past. Amen? Hallelujah. Repentance is a return to past paths where we've gotten off course. That's the part of remembering. The Bible talks about in, in the book, uh, it says that they that be of you shall be called the repairers of the breach. And I go back to that because it's important that we remember as I said before, where you were at with the Lord. If you've fallen, if you've gotten off course, remember back. Go back to that place. Say, Lord, take me back to that old landmark, that place where I found you, that place where I encountered you, Lord, where I felt your presence. Some people might say, Lord, I don't feel the presence of God like I used to. Then go back. Redig those wells. Go back to that place of consecration that you once knew within. Have we become so churchy that we're just playing church? As, as Kali said, getting up here, just going through the motions? Or was there a place that we had an encounter with God and he's moving, he was moving in our life? Go back to that place. Restore, refresh, renew. Lord, David said it, Lord, he said, search my heart, O God, and know me. See if there be any wicked way in me. His heart was after the things of God. He wanted to go back to that place. He said, restore unto me. I think that's a wonderful thing. You guys, do you, do you love it when someone gets saved? Isn't it awesome? I wish we could just plug them in and just, you know, like, like the, just anybody that needs juiced up, just let them run off of that. Forget about electric power. We just need a new convert power. It's awesome to see a new life that's been converted. Man, they're on cloud nine. And then you got some old sourpuss Christians like Brother Zephan. They'll wear off soon enough. They'll get used to it. They'll fall in line. No. Thank God for the newness of life, the power of God that's flowing in and through their life. You know why? Because they met the Lord, and their lives have been changed. Hallelujah. When's the last time you felt that way? Or did you forget? Did you forget the last time the Lord touched you, the last time the Lord spoke to you? He wants to restore those things. There's joy in the house of the Lord, we sing, right? In his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand, tender mercies forevermore. Remembering, remembering what the Lord done in each one of our lives. What has he done for you? Going back to that place, that place where you met the Lord, where you prayed fervently, where you used to just, I, I, I don't, I, you, the cares of this world, you didn't care what movie was playing. You had a heart to follow the Lord fully. If there was a meeting going to the church, you weren't like, oh, my gosh, another meeting. You're like, I can't wait to get to the house of God. Man, there's great things happening. That joy, isn't that exciting? I pray God restore that in every one of us, that like new babes in Christ, hallelujah, that we come in this place and be fighting over front seat because we just can't wait. We want a front row seat to see what God's getting ready to do. Amen? That's the power to remember. Hallelujah. 
Our past should be a witness, not a stumbling block. Hebrews declares, I call to remembrance the former days. The former days. Mr. Leo, you can go ahead and come. I just want to encourage you in this word tonight. It's a real simple word. But we live, like I said, we live in a society where everybody wants to talk about the past. And the devil wants to keep us bound by yesterday. And I said it, I'll say it again. Your yesterdays has no, has the only power your yesterday is what you relinquish to it. If you say I am, if you, it's just like that, that phrase, I'm just a, an old sinner saved by grace. That's not who I am, that's who I was. I'm a child of the king. If I don't see myself, that's another area that my wife encouraged me. Do you know who you are? Do you know who God's made you to be? I felt failure. I felt defeated. The devil was constantly reminding me of what I didn't do and where I'd missed it. Cast that down. The Lord's not using that to teach you a lesson or to encourage you or, or to humble you. Some people preach that. It's not about that. That's not humility. But the problem is most people don't know who they are in Christ. That's where his word will reveal to you. You'll start carrying yourself a little differently. You'll get to a point, you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm, not, st I'm not staying satisfied any longer. I'm not satisfied with the simple and the mundane, the ordinary, the usual. I'm pressing into the things of God. If he said, eye has not seen and ear has not heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man, the things that he's prepared for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm called according to his purpose. Amen. And because he's called you, he's equipping you. You've got a bright future. I'm going to say it again. You've got a bright future. You have an expected hope, a destiny in God that you have yet to attain. 